All right, everybody. Are you ready for a spectacular show? Introduce the original bad hombre, the amazing nerd, the hardest working Antifa boys on George Soros's payroll. R.B.T. With Pablo Morale Martinez and Ernesto Mancibo, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. I found some inspiration on TikTok. This dude on TikTok, um, he was over 400 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Started doing uh, boxing at home, bought himself like a little punching apparatus, got himself some boxing gloves. Over like two, the course of two years, he lost like 200 pounds. Like wow. a hundred, like maybe less, like 160 pounds. Dude was like a different person. Then, after seven years, gained the weight back and then lost it again through the same means. Fucking inspirational, dude. Whoa. Yeah. He lost it twice. Lost it twice. That's that. I, for me, I was just like, I got to get my act together, you know? Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Damn. Yeah. I was heavily inspired by that. I hope this dude doesn't turn out to be like. Some kind of, you know, um, I was there on January 6th, you know, where I put my reflexes to good use. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, that's always the worry. That's always the worry when I meet like um, when I meet when I uh, come across some sort of celebrity or public personality who I kind of like. It's like, oh, they're really charismatic or they're funny or they seem, you know, really smart. And look, we pull no punches on this show, uh, no. especially now because Pavel is uh, getting into the uh, into fighting <laughs> shape. But um, like, it's usually when it's like a uh, a white personality, and you're just hoping to God, like, oh, please don't let them be like one of these uh, shitty racist assholes. And uh, when they turn out to be problematic, it is such a fucking letdown. It's like, ugh. well, I guess I got to delete all your shit now, you know. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, uh, when 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 they were when they announced the Flash movie, I was like, God, this is going to be fucking awesome. Dude, Mm. I can't wait. And Michael Keaton was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then let it's... us let let us not speak of that anymore. <laughs> uh, I think I think we get, we're gonna have to because I have a feeling this that train has not yet derailed to the point that it ultimately can. I think, despite all the bullshit that has gone on with Ezra, um, I feel he's just gonna. He's just going to turn right into it. You know, he's not going to try to pull out. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, you you mother thinks you motherfuckers think you can cancel me. Well, I can cancel the cancellation because uh, that sounds like some stupid shit he'd say. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, they seem they seem really like uh, just driven to, like, create as much controversy as possible, which is really weird because they're still on as we speak still on the run, which again I think is really bizarre advertising for the Flash. Uh, but whatever. Um, 
you know what you know what else in in other kind of superhero news in in related superhero news right mm-hmm. uh a big thing by the way i'm pav and i'm e and together we are the robots versus taxes program on radio free brooklyn that's right that's right you're tuning into the only show that mixes politics and pop culture with equal measure i don't know why i said that as if i was taking a shit but here we are um but thanks for tuning in woo we love you (laughs) um but uh i really felt that woo (laughs) (laughs) woo been that kind of week uh what could i say mm, for sure it's been that for kind sure. of week but uh um so on the internet they were talking about making elliot page the new flash mm. like they were just floating it by and i was like you know what that could work like they he definitely has the bone start like the the chin for it yes like the jawline for a flash i'd be interested in seeing a new like uh, a trans flash, and I would, As, uh, I dare yeah. say, the acting chops uh, are probably better. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like Ezra Miller's like. Look at how kooky I am. You know. Check <laughs> it out. I've kidnapped three people. You know. <laughs> oh my. I didn't God. like that kind of energy uh, that he brought to the role. The real kidnappy energy. It was a weird choice, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird, groomy choice. You know, it's, uh, I mean, just it, right in the middle of, you know, the whole world being destroyed by uh, the mother boxes. And he's just like, Dad, I'm doing this for you. And I'm also on the run with a family. Like, it was it was a weird choice. But, you know, Zack Snyder and everything trying to be all, you know, avant-garde. That's why they cut him. They cut that family that uh, the Flash rescued out of the <laughs> that end scene <laughs> in the Whedon, in the in the Joss Whedon cut. That that family uh, was alive, and in the Snyder cut, nowhere to be found. I'm assuming because they're dead. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! Oh, that's a fan re-edit. I'd love to. I'd love to see somebody attempt. Like Superman is like, hey, Flash, are you going to come back? Yeah, see ya. You know, just takes off with that family. Oh, no. It's just like they're, they're Barry. They're safe. Like what? Barry, come back. (laughs) Disappears into the speed force. No one can touch me. Fuck. Anyways, um, oh god! Oh. But uh, the the casting of Elliot, like the dream casting of Elliot Page, broke Jordan Peterson's brain. Mm. Uh, Jordan Peterson, of course, the uh, one of the more infamous Canucks to have ever been um, shot out of the Great White North. Uh, of course, you know. Um, Dare I say famous psychologist? I mean, he's Hmm. one of those Rogan guests. Uh, Yeah. So basically a guy was just like, you know, I I have the answer to society's uh, 
opinions and you should all abandon yours and adult minds. You know what's funny is that like that's what you just did is an accu- is an almost accurate um uh, like a spot on impression. <laughs> really? <of> Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Have you ever heard that guy talk? I heard his name. I don't know if I've heard him talk unless he's the guy that I'm thinking about then I than I have, but uh, he's got please. Like, graying curly hair. He's always got like this smug, impre- like face on. I think I do know. I think he he takes a um, if I could say for the right or people who listen to Joe Rogan, he takes a novel approach to his brand of uh, insanity because he's not like um, he's not like what's his name from Infowars. He speaks in a very measured tone. To That's right. To lend legitimacy to his perspective, and the, whereas most of the other, you know, yahoos on the right, they're just they either speaking conspiratorial or just outright like uh, uh, cocaine frenzy kind of tone. So yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, look, I know we're primarily like a comedy show, and that we, you know, sometimes we get serious, sometimes we have guests, mm. uh, but uh, like. If we were to ever get a guest like that, hey, I don't, I don't know if we ever would, because I can't imagine a world where I would reach out to fucking Jordan Peterson to get his <laughs> opinion on anything. But let's say in this, you know, in the multiverse, our show <laughs> la- managed to land Jordan Peterson, right? Uh huh. And he started dead naming Elliot Page, like right to our face, like knowing that. Because I'm 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 drawing from real life because this this other um, journalist slash uh, you know pundit mm-hmm. had him on the show and Jordan Peterson you know reacted to the fact that he was banned from Twitter from saying some really heinous shit against trans people against trans folk and against Elliot Page so um, uh, this guy Kyle Kalinsky invited him on the show, on his show. Um, and Jordan Peterson just starts deadnaming Elliot Page. Deadnaming, deadnaming, deadnaming. And Kyle Kalinske came under fire because he didn't um, say anything about it. You know, he, he is very on the left, you know, mm-hmm. very progressive dude. But he didn't, like, bother to, like, correct the man. Now, I think it's I think it's because he knew that if he corrected Jordan Peterson, that's the the entire conversation would derail mm-hmm. into semantics. You know, maybe not semantics, but that's all what the show would become about. Would be like Kyle trying to wrangle Jordan Peterson. Mm. But is that is that would you, are you do you agree with that tactic or you do you don't agree? Because I'm on the fence. I'm just like, mm, he should have done it. He should have corrected him. Did the host say anything afterward about the incident about not no. about correcting him? Because see, that's the thing. I I can as as fucked up as it is to just allow somebody to uh, den, dead name a trans person. Um, when we all know uh, what the person's proper name is, proper pronouns are, and allowing somebody to just, you know, 
antagonize both the host and the audience with like, I know I'm being wrong and what are you going to do about it? Um, but in order to avoid uh, descending into that spiral that you just mentioned uh, and then afterward, like putting a disclaimer, like, look, I know that what he was saying was fucked up. Uh, what I was trying to do is instead of devolving into, uh, you know, the semantics of what a person's name are and things like that, trying to get him to I was just trying to get him to expose how one, how terrible he is and two, whatever points we come up with. Um, he just deflects from or presents his views that are obviously not based on anything substantive. Uh, but since he didn't say anything like that after the show or put some sort of disclaimer, it's just, it just comes off as weakness or you don't care, or you're not really aware of the situation. You just wanted the clicks or you just wanted the, the views or whatever for your show. It's like, Oh, let me get this controversial figure on. Um, I'll fuck up and then people will talk about it and I'll be, you know, I'll be trending somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, the, and I still don't understand how that translates to money. I got to figure out that mechanism because it's, no, it's, it, it's so fucking tempting for these people to just do that. And what does it get you like another car? Like what? What is it? It's because it's publicity, you know, mm. you know, if people start talking about you, and you start trending on Twitter, that's good, you know? That's that's word of mouth. You're you're getting the buzz on, you're staying relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know if it, it if it if it amounts to money. It amounts to word of mouth. It it amounts to popularity. It amounts to staying within the the social discourse. And I mm. guess eventually that'll translate to money because then the advertisers will be like, oh, you know. This guy's got his fingers on the pulse of uh, whatever the fuck, and they'll just throw money behind the show, you know. <sighs> I guess, I guess, but it's um, it's just horrible shit, and I'm I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of it, you know. I I feel like a day is coming when, uh, like people think cancel culture uh, and you know we could get into a whole show about that and i feel like we almost have but there's gonna come i think we've done it once or twice we've done yeah. It once or twice. yeah 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 <laughs> but i no, think but go ahead yeah i think that um what cancel culture actually is is you know it's just accountability and i think the day is coming when account- accountability is going to be so it's going to hit the pockets of people who just purposefully try to be fucked up and corrosive and toxic that they're going to feel the pain in ways that we can't even imagine now that's what i that's what i think i could be wrong but you know yeah no no no. you're you're right i mean i mean it's already corrosive right Mm -hmm. especially like and it comes in all shapes and sizes it comes in all forms because one of the big uh, arguments this um, this week, this past week on the internet, was uh, you know somebody m- made a tweet that went viral about uh, Anne Frank having white privilege, and I was just like, you know, whoever said that and went viral because of it, mm-hmm. they went viral because they said something incredibly stupid. Uh, because I, you know, it, it's shitty. It's such a shitty, like, dickheaded thing to say. It's like, just like if you, if you study 
the mm. concept of race and you know critical race theory then you wouldn't be making that statement like it like stop doing that stop fucking doing that stop being like that 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 takes wokeness into self parody you know mm. don't do that don't fucking do that like, I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think? I'm see, I see you making faces. I think people who do that, who do that shit, they, they do it purposefully to derail any, uh, any possible imperative that a listener would absorb to like, oh, I, this is a subject I need to do more reading on, more research on. It's not that everybody has to know everything at any given time. Sometimes you can just listen and be like, oh, this is a subject I need to read more about. But when people take shit like that, like white privilege, um, and make it into something that, and, and apply it to a situation in which it does not apply, uh, it's it's just, I don't know. It, I, all right, I'm just going to be completely raw here because I'm trying to like organize my thoughts. But, uh, People taking the concept and word woke and making it into this, like this particular example, is one of the ugliest things that I have experienced thus far in this life. And I've experienced a lot of ugly things because wokeness, when you really get down to it, it's just about being aware of the things in life that you may not necessarily naturally in the course of your day to day be aware of. You know, and that in a, in and of itself is not a crime. There is a whole reality that women experience from day to day. Uh, the little nuances that we as men will have a tendency to overlook because we don't we're not exposed necessarily to those same circumstances as often or in every situation as women are. What makes it bad is when we deny their lived experiences. And it's the same thing with wokeness. Uh, the right making it into this pejorative, it just fucking makes me sick because it's like, okay, so what is it that you embrace? Uh, uh, ignorance? Uh, sleepiness? Like what, like, what the fuck is it? Do you think that when you wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, I get it. Everything, if, if I'm not able to digest it in three seconds, if it's not part of my lived experience, then it can't be anything real. And for a person to wake up and just walk around life like that, I'm just like, ugh, you, you're, you're shallowing the gene pool is what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah, because it is, it's like a bad faith argument that just, like, it doesn't help. It's like I feel like, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I'm just like, how is this helping? You know? Um, <laughs> <the> fucking... <laughs> the world's falling apart, you know? <laughs> the Sinister Five and such. <laughs> nice. Um... <laughs> oh, God. Did you hear about that that whole story in... Sorry, I, I took... Again, I did that fucking Jay. I don't know how to not do the whole Jay Leno thing where I'm just like, have you heard about this? Have you seen about this? <laughs> uh, but but like I, uh, there was this story from Texas about this uh, pregnant woman who was using the uh, carpool lane, and when the the cops stopped her, and they were just like, uh, you know, you can't. Uh, they they gave her a ticket. For driving alone in the carpool lane. And she's like, no. 
according to this new fucking law, because they overturned Roe versus Wade, uh, I am traveling with a person. Uh, so I'm contesting this ticket, and I'm going to turn your whole fucked up, you know, backwards ass, uh, uh, you know, uh, forced birth law against itself. I'm going to turn it on its ear. I'm going to turn it on itself. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, uh, I mean, that that's that's great. I, I think that, um, you know, when they fight Dirty Pool like this, um, you know, these, these, uh, th- this, this, the, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, when they fight Dirty Pool like this, uh, it's time to fight back in ways unexpected. Like, I wouldn't have expected that. Applause, applause, applause to this to this woman who did this. And I hope that she can start uh, claiming child tax credits on a fetus. Um, I hope that every single uh, 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 social service that they make available to uh, post birth children, um, they women just start taking advantage of like from the moment of conception it's just like okay you want to fuck up the system let's show you how much you're fucking up the system so yeah yeah exactly exactly there was also that like i don't know if it was from texas but um there was also a, a a senator that came out and they were like um they were questioned about whether or not they would allow uh, a woman to come to term if she was a child, you know, of 10 years old Hmm. who was pregnant. And the senator couldn't answer that. I'm trying to look up who it was that said that. I think I heard about this. I think I heard about this. And it's, uh, I I believe they gave some cockamamie response like... um, slightly veering toward you know god's will and yes. this that and the other it's like that's that's what they owe they, they somehow believe that they have to act on god's behalf when it comes down to those questions that are difficult then they wash their hands of it and put it in god's hands like which is it do you act on behalf of god or can god speak for him or herself like what the fuck is it you know we all know what it is, but <laughs> it was it was a Christy gnome from South Dakota um, basically brought up the a 10 year old girl from Ohio who was denied an abortion and then had to travel to Indiana to terminate the pregnancy. Um, and. Yeah, they were just like uh, basically used faith as a deflection point, you know? And, and, uh, you know, it's this, this, what is this world that we're, that we're being dragged into? What is is this world? This is America. This is America's ass just stinking. And, uh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And refusing to admit it. It's just like toilet paper for what? (laughs) I'm as fresh as a daisy. (laughs) Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) So, oh, jeez, yeah. Because uh, all right, do you want to do you want to hear my um my my um yes 
my crazy theory yes about what the what the republican end game is yes all right here's what the republican end game is now lean in close because i'm about to tell you and the listeners i'm gonna let you in on the secret (laughs) okay so uh here's what i think is gonna happen so um the republicans uh the conservatives especially the ones in the supreme court and uh basically like all the conservatives in power right now, what they're trying to do is they are trying to, um, they're, you know, repealing EPA, you know, protections for the environment. So the environment's fucked, mm-hmm. right? Um, they are overturning Roe versus Wade, right? They're making a lot of people pissed. I think their end game is to create so much chaos so much chaos that they will install a fascist government in order to be like, this is your answer. Like, I know, like, the Democrats, because they're always going to blame the Democrats. Mm. I know the Democrats have got this world in chaos, but turn to our new leadership, you know? And it's going to be like some kind of fascist dictator. They're just like, this is your answer. Hmm. And that's their end game. Hmm. Their end game is to create so much chaos that they become the only person with a clear cut answer. Hmm. Because Hmm. right now, you know, Democrats aren't do shit, aren't doing shit. They're not, they're not fighting as hard as the Republicans. I'll put it that way. I mean, besides the January six hearings, which I feel are real, uh, a real good step in the right direction in, re- in regards to how we should be coming at these motherfuckers. Uh, there's, there's not much like how come it's taken, I don't know how, how come it's taken two weeks for even a drip drop of news that Biden is going to sign a uh, executive order to protect abortion rights in states that don't have these trigger laws. You know, to so that yeah. they can't run roughshod because currently, right now, they're they're not not only are they trying to like just ban the shit, they're trying to ban birth control. They're trying to criminalize women who go out of state to legal states uh, to get abortions, and if they come back, they're considered criminals. Like it's it's draconian, basically. Yeah, it is. Um, they really want to turn it into the Wild West because. What are they doing? They're giving free reign to guns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more power to cops. I think I actually discussed this on last episode. You know, um, they're they're actually uh, what what is it that they're they're trying to pass another kind of uh, ruling, this a Supreme Court ruling, where like they're trying to take away voters' rights from the voter, like they're trying to wait take away like the power away from the vote. I forget what it's called. It's called more versus something. Oh Hold God. On, let me look it up. Oh more, God. More versus Harper. All right. Um, basically. Okay. According to ballotpedia concerns, the independent state legislature doctrines, which theorizes that state legislatures alone are empowered by the Constitution to regulate federal elections. So they're basically leaving it up to the states to be like, do your votes count? We don't know, you know? 
They're just like they're leaving it up to the states on on whether those votes actually count. There's just no way in hell that that could work. That's going to be tied up in uh, legal challenges for who knows how the fuck long. There's just no way that as a country that can work. We might as well just start letting the rest of the world vote in our elections as well. Because leaving it up to the states to be like, oh, we just want like a collection of legislators to uh, decide if the state goes to one candidate or another, whereas other states are just like, no, it's the fucking people um, as it states in the Constitution. Uh, yeah, there's no way that can work. There's just no fucking way. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's some wild shit brewing. Mm. And I think Agreed. that this, yeah, I think that the Supreme Court right now is just like drunk on its own power. So there's unless Biden does something to actually try to stack the court, which I assume he's not going to because I don't know. I don't it, it, he just doesn't give me the impression that he gives a fuck. Um then we're looking down the barrel of this thing. So oh god. You want to talk about Thor? You yeah. Talk about Thor? Let's talk about Thor because this <laughs> shit is fucking depressing. <laughs> Oh, God. We can talk about Thor and the boys. The boys is like the big the big thing that uh, kind of melt. It's kind of like melds both of our <laughs> our interests together. But first, let's talk about Thor. Thor. Um, we saw yeah. Thor this past Thursday at the good old Alamo Draft House. And uh, I got to say, for anybody who's going to the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, New York, I highly recommend the Alamo Bowl. It is a fucking fantastic meal and good for you. I gotta say, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Add brown rice, quinoa, various vegetables, uh, roasted uh, sweet potato, um, your choice of chicken or some other, or beef, I think. And it's uh, it was fucking amazing. I gotta say, I wanna go back just to have another bowl. Anyway, um, Thor, Love and Thunder. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It was fun. It was lighthearted with some like really quick pockets of darkness. Like I wasn't expecting cancer jokes, but they were there. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then they moved on to a whole bunch of other funny shit. Um, and uh, it was just great. It was a party. And I'm so happy that the MCU has really found thor's voice for the mcu because the first two films obviously were trying to go like more toward the comic level thor which you know works within the comic pages but somehow doesn't translate to the to the screen but this version of thor love it okay i i i can't agree with you on this and that's where the verses in the robots versus comes from What's your problem, man? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what my problem is. I'll tell you. They went too they went too loosey goosey. Um I think they, they went to uh candy colored clown uh with Thor. They they went like look I think they got the balance just right in Thor Ragnarok. I think the best version of Thor is still in Infinity War huh. and parts of Endgame before they turned him into the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I, 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 I think that they 
they made him just the right amount of jokey, just the right amount of serious, like, um, and it carried over into, you know, it carried in over from, uh, Thor Ragnarok where, you know, he was, he was kind of goofy, but he was also like, well, that's what heroes do. Right. Yeah. And, um, and he had this kind of serious streak. He had this kind of tragic streak to him. Um, and they kind of just were just like, nah, he's a buffoon now. He's a fucking, you know, he's a total, like, like it, he's just, they turn him into Homer Simpson. Like, he just gets <laughs> more and more, you know, less practical as the movies go on. I'm just like, come on, man, really? I mean, the screaming goats are funny, yeah, sure. But Favorite, like... favorite characters of the film for me, <laughs> seriously. I hope... I hope they get their own movie, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I think. <laughs> or at least a miniseries. But, yeah. But to, like, have him be like, um, oh, look at me. I'm Thor. This is pretty. This, this, the hammer thing is, you know, he's he's got a love triangle with the hammers. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, it's silly. Did it make me laugh a couple of times? Yeah, sure. But by, like, the fifth time that they did it, I was like, come on. Guys, let's get on with this. Like, I get the joke. But it worked. Um, but you know what? You know why it worked so well? Because it distracted from the lack of chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. Um, right. Seeing them, like, kiss, it was just like, oh, there's there's nothing. There's nothing there, which just goes to show. You can, put, like- <laughs> you can put two beautiful people together, and it doesn't necessarily work. Um, they seem like two pals. They yeah. seem like there's just like... We're going to kiss. This means nothing, right? No, it doesn't mean shit. Um, I, I was really happy to, like, uh, and uh, another thing, this, a lot of this movie seems like it was, like, there are storylines that were lost in edit. Like, I would have loved to have seen more of Natalie Portman's Thor, right? Mm, mm. I would have loved to have seen more Jane Foster Thor, um, but it was kind of sidelined by Thor. Like basically they introduced Jane Foster Thor and then she was gone. This is true. And then, then they, they introduced gore, which I'm, I was like, holy shit, they're going to go real dark with this. Hmm. And gore felt like he belonged in a completely different movie. Yeah, they they barely gave him anything to do. It's um, they insinuated how badass he was, but they never really showed it except for the beginning when he first like became Gore, um, the the God Slayer. And uh, you know, for those for those of us who are comic fans, we all know how how much gravitas that character holds, but it wasn't really conveyed in the movie in regards to his acts. Um, but uh, Christian Bale bought a a three-dimensionality uh, to this character in the lines that he was allowed to say, especially when he had had uh, some spoiler alerts in case you didn't catch on by now. But at some point, he has Valkyrie, um, uh, Natalie Portman's, Jane Foster's Thor and Chris Hemsworth's uh, Thor. And he's talking about how the gods will never answer you. They will will never help you. They will always let you down. 
And his delivery of that was just like, oh, my God, he has a fucking point. Um, And it was just brilliant the way he just it it wasn't like this. There were I mean, he was definitely larger than life at certain points. But when he was delivering those lines, it was like, yeah, I'm a supervillain, but I'm also just a guy who got let down. Yeah. And you could empathize with him, especially since we were following his story from the beginning, which makes usually makes for the best villains. And uh, I got to tip my hat to him because he did a lot with very by after being given very little in this film. I really think, man, I think that I think that this movie suffers from too much of a good thing. Like I would have left out and I know this is a blow to. This would be a blow to people who are fans of Jane Foster Thor. But I think adding Jane Foster Thor to the mix was too much because it's then it, it doesn't create enough space to build characters like Valkyrie. Right. Mm. Oh, my God. The best scene I thought was the scene between Gore and Valkyrie where he's just like. You know, when they killed your sisters, did you pray to the gods? Did you pray to Odin? Did they? Did Odin answer you? <laughs> or did he just lead more of your sisters to slaughter? Mm. And, you know, Valkyrie's got, like, this shocked kind of expression on her face. And then they're just like, and now, it, uh, you know... You know, now that the serious part's over, here comes some goofy jokes. You know, <laughs> here comes, you know, Korg. And as much as I love Korg, <laughs> like, to have him narrate the whole fucking thing, I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, uh, really? He's the narrator? And then and then there's a moment where um, Korg talks to Valkyrie, and he's like, hey, you know, you had all those those people that you loved ripped from you. And now you're trying to find uh, y- your yourself at the bottom of a bottle. And she's like, yeah. And then that's it. Like, that's it for her character. I'm like, come on. Valkyrie, was- <laughs> Valkyrie is a character that is in bad, bad need of either her own movie or at least a Disney Plus miniseries. Because yes. there is so much behind that character. And we just get little drips from movie to movie about who the fuck she is, you know, even though it's being she's being played brilliantly by Tessa Thompson. Yes. Um, And I'm just going to say this really quick um, because I have to because uh, I I wanted to to be to go by so quick that my wife will just not even notice that I (laughs) ever said it. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes she listens to the show and it always seems to be the episodes where I'm just like so-and-so actress what a smoke show right um, and she's like hey you know but in this case like I, I've, all right, I've, I've often thought that uh, Tessa Thompson is one of those uh, actors that are is like beyond beautiful right mm. um, but I, I was just like they're beautiful not attracted to them, but I see that they're beautiful and they're talented, right? Mm-hmm. In this movie, I was just like, I can't take my eyes off her. She is gorgeous. And then that's it. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Extremely talented actor. Um, and that's that's where that ends. So, um... <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Disney, please, like, give Valkyrie her own 
vehicle. We need to know more about that character. She's just too epic um, to just be this like background character. You know, she's she's a fuck. She's Valkyrie, and she's also a Valkyrie. Like that's <laughs> yeah. Like a, a like fucking you know she's she's like a a bisexual drunk as guardian king <laughs> like that's a that's a fucking movie right? yes yes it is oh man the little vignettes that they gave us of her tr- kind of adapting to life on Earth since Asgard is now located in what Scotland is it or nor I think it's in Norway Norway and. Uh, yeah. You know, she's doing, like, commercials for Old Spice, which... That was... All right, yeah. That was one of the jokes where I was just like, that's great. That's really great. And the way she walked off disgusted with herself, she's like, ugh. <laughs> Gotta pay those bills, you know? <laughs> Gotta keep these lights on, whatever the fuck yeah. it is, you know? <laughs> um. Also, like, okay. Um... I, I I don't remember if this is from the comics. D- maybe Jamie would be um, uh, Jamie or, or my friend Vla- my friend Vladimir would be able to answer this question about whether or not um, the stealing of children was part of Gore's shtick. I don't remember that being part of Gore's shtick in in the Jason Aaron run of of Thor uh, where he goes up against the God butcher. Neither, neither do I. He was just murking motherfuckers. He was just, yeah. he was just like, you're a God. Just... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> um, D E D dead. Um, but yeah, I mean like that's, that's part of the, the, one of the best parts of the comic and I didn't get too far. I, that's one of those comics that I that I put down, and I really wish I'd finished. Um, was that Thor was going to all these old gods and trying to see if they were alive because their followers were like, you know, we've been to the temple and their mystical orbs were not found, or you know, our fe- our people are lost, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes to their temples and like he goes to their the 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 houses of the gods. And he finds them dead, you know, in various, you know, uh, brutal ways. Mm. And and that's nowhere to be found here. Like, it happens once. It happens, like, like when he sees, like, some giant alien god, like, <laughs> dead by the side of a mountain. He's just like, oh, shit, you know. Only uh, the Necrosword must have done that. And I'm just like, come on. like. And that panel, uh, that, that shot was lifted directly from the comic, by the way. Yes, like, that was. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like if Chris Hemsworth would have ri- tripped, he would have just ripped through a giant printout of the comic. It was that, <laughs> it was like that direct. So I hope the artist yeah. got paid for that because. <laughs> I, yeah. I, honestly, this movie makes me nervous about what Taika Waititi's Star Wars is going to look like. What? I'm just like, yeah, because I'm just like... He's your hero, though. Uh, he is kind of, but in other ways. Um, so... <laughs> and by that, I mean, like, everything he's creative, creatively that he's put out has been really awesome. Right? Sure, sure. Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I love uh, what we do in the shadows and 
Um, his episodes, his episode of The Mandalorian was like, uh, chef's kiss. Right. Great. Oh, you're so full of crap, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, no, whatever. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um. Um, you know, personal feelings aside <laughs> about his personal life, um, you know, fucking, uh, um, uh, it, it just makes me nervous because I don't, I, I, I really want Star Wars to have this, and I'm going to go into like this whole, you know, rant about like how I want my Star Wars to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want Star Wars to have like this, um, this tone of ad- adventure and darkness and action and yeah, there could be some silly jokes every now and then, but it can't be like every minute, like dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke, like in Thor Love and Thunder, you know, where it's like it just comes across as a little bit. It's silly. And I, I get it. A space Viking is silly, right? Mm-hmm. Zeus in a in a in a little like doily skirt. Uh, while he has those those those, those uh, the uh, Greek curls, right? <laughs> Silly. Um, but uh, I, I I don't think that doubling down on the silliness is the right answer, and I really hope it doesn't carry over into Star Wars. Hmm. So. I don't know. I don't know. I think that Taika could bring a whole different dimension to uh, Gungan society and making that the new core of uh, the Star Wars universe. I that's. I think he's going to bring. He's going to bring a level of dignity uh, to Gungan society the way Book of Boba Fett bought a uh, three dimensionality to Tusken Raiders. You heard it here first, folks. I wow. think, and I think that Taika is going to fulfill my dream of finally, finally incorporating that Shmi Skywalker was working behind the scenes all this time, pulling the strings oh, in the galaxy. No, no more Skywalkers. No more. <laughs> <laughs> Shmi's the ultimate mastermind. <laughs> oh, God, man. Um, fucking Gungans, really? <laughs> Didn't we say all we needed to say with Boss Nass? <laughs> you know, just... uh, yeah, that, that was that was it. That was good. I'm good. I'm good. I think, like, really, Gungans? Like, you had to go there. Does it? Do the Gungans even exist anymore? Is Naboo uh, still around? I think. Um... Yeah, it's somewhere out there, uh, or not. You know, something could have happened to the planet. Nobody gives a fuck about Naboo anymore. Um, yeah. You know, when's the last time you heard Naboo even mentioned? Like we, Ooh, in Mandalorian, Mandalorian, he's got he's got the new new Naboo starfighter. Yeah, uh, but you know, refurbished thingy. Yeah, but it's you know, it was a used vehicle on another on Tatooine. You know, the planet. Yeah, sure. Planet of sand. Um, they, uh, I think Naboo is probably, I don't know, it's probably a brothel now. Who cares? But 
Well, you do, obviously. You care enough that you want a, a retreat of Gungan society. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, Gungan society, the uh, deterioration of Naboo. Um, I think it could make for a good story. I mean, look, not everybody's the visionary that I am, but we can only hope that Taika steps up to the plate and, you know, knocks it out for Star Wars. I really hope so, because I don't, like, I just... I don't want it to be too jokey. I think he nailed the tone in the episode that he directed for The Mandalorian hmm. where, you know, it was like just the right amount of like there was a lot of drama. Like they escaped from uh, what's his name? Moff Gideon. Hmm. Uh, and the the what's it called? That IG unit, you know, sacrificed himself. Oh, man, I'm getting so nerdy. It's um, <laughs> like... fucking so, uh, yeah, Star Wars. Um <laughs> And and I want it to carry on like that kind of tone. I don't want it to have like the Thor love and thunder kind of like, uh, you know, everything, you know, the, even, even the graphics look like a fucking trapper keeper, you know? <laughs> oh, shit. That's true. <laughs> look, I, he knows Thor rides a hammer. Thor rides his hammer like a broomstick. That was so silly. Oh, man, I just I, I don't want that to carry on that whole interaction that he had with those aliens who whose temple he was saving. I mean, I was just like, come on. Oh, God. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Did the Guardians of the Galaxy really need to be in this? No, at the beginning? no, no they didn't not really. at all. It's like Marvel was just like, hey, remember these guys? We're still doing something with them. So, you know, be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this, there's so many parts of this movie where I'm just like, that feels unnecessary. But this feels like it's underwritten. The Gore stuff, the Valkyrie stuff, the Jane Foster Thor stuff. I'm hoping that we get to the unworthy Thor. But with this kind of tone, mm. we're never going to get the unworthy Thor. Hmm. I don't know if Disney will ever get that serious or that dark because they know they want to get as many butts into seats as they can, especially these days uh, as we are, quote unquote, coming out of the pandemic. Um, People are still we're going into like a fifth wave of like the pandemic. That is true. That is true. And plus, people don't just in general don't feel safe outside anymore. So uh, Marvel's just like, okay, we got to. Figure this shit out, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm down for the ride. They're still putting out quality entertainment. I'm enjoying Ms. the fuck out of Miss Marvel. This last episode of Miss Marvel was... Woo! That was a punch in the... Uh, right in the sternum. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I heard it's great. Mm, it's great. Um, it's great. Ah, d- damn, we didn't get to talk about the boys. Oh, um, we'll do it next week. Okay. Um, I'll say this much about uh, the boys, right? Um, I don't like what they're trying to say with their pseudo AOC character. Mm. It's kind of like confirming a lot of the fears I had when her character first showed up. I'm just like, what is, why are they doing this? This feels like, I mean, I don't want to make everything a a political conspiracy, Mm -hmm. but to poison the well among people who are, who might consider AOC as a viable 
you know, presidential candidate. I, I think that to have like a, a AOC stand in mm. um, in this in this respect is kind of, you know, it's kind of it's weird. It's really weird to me. Other than that, I think the show this might be the best season of um, the boys that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. It was very compelling. Um, I hope that, you know, season four is just as thrilling um i also hope that they wrap it up um like because i kind of have a a shelf life to dystopian uh representations of our reality or the future where things shit is just horrible from from every fucking perspective and i get what they're trying to say and trying to illustrate wrap that shit up (laughs) like what are you talking about you fucking you put up with six seasons of Battlestar Galactica. That was as dystopian as but, a shit got. But it ended. But it ended at a certain point, and it That's was right. And it That's was right. not the same. It's not the same like uh, uh, disaster porn that the boys is. The boys is just like everybody's fucked up. Uh, even the good guys get fucked up. Hey, are there kids out there? They get fucked up. And mm. and while Battlestar Galactica was dark. There was at least like a point, you know, there was something that was unraveling as opposed to just like, hey, here's another episode where just shit is just horrible. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because that's how The the Walking Dead lost me. It was just oh, yeah. horrible after horrible after horrible. And, after, and when they killed Glenn, uh, spoiler warning, I was just like, done. Yeah, there's just no point anymore. I'm just like, I'm fucking done. I get it. I get it. You know, so. True, true. But that was when they were carrying, killing off. That's when they were killing off beloved characters mm. like left and right. Uh, they haven't done that so much in the boys. Like they haven't killed off like Mother's Milk. They haven't killed off, you know, um, Kimiko. They haven't killed off any of the majors. They're just like, you know. Yeah, I agree. They make them just fucked up enough to be like, oh, I don't know how to feel about this. Mm. You know, especially with Butcher. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm not so much in the same boat as you are, but I do think that next season is going to be their final season. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this, that marks our final, uh, few seconds of, uh, this episode. So from both of us here, I am Pav. And I'm E. And together we are the robots versus Texas program on radio free Brooklyn. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. I had the rep and sweat and have to cry your left from the pew. Uh, 
If you bring her home to mama, bet she'll never approve. Plus, she love to ask about the one who you've been exclusive with. Cross her, that could be the nail of your crucifix. I hear the tick tock and down, time to lock it down. Your homie saying, don't commit, nigga, shop around. Birds flock around, we flirt a bit, but soon as I find time for us to kick it, then I'm Charlie Brown. Uh, and what's the cause of it? If it's a fatal attraction, what's the laws of it? I really need the attention, give me y'all of it. I flick it up for the freaks, I bet they all love it. Yeah. So I don't call them hoes I mean I call them But it's just on some platonic shit At least until they're chronic lit Gin and tonic mix You ain't the man Unless you got a chick For every occasion Milkshake from McDonald's Thick skinny and basic And subtracting an X Never in the equation No better than caveman Had me tripping Trying to step with temptations But I can have two left feet And no rhythm If she did give a sec to me It's no kidding Can tell it in her eyes Need umbrellas for her cries She been telling little lies The size of Nicole Kidman And I have two Do whatever for that Whoop 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 They boo hooing while I I boo you, need something new. Yeah, need something new. I really wanna be your lover. I can never make up my mind. I'm thinking of the other girls. I really wanna be your lover. I can never make up my mind. I'm thinking of the other girls. I really wanna be She made a plastic. Now an hourglass of shape, looking elastic. Not an hour pass without the shouts and harassment. Got a lot of followers hollering for a pick or at least an app to acknowledge them. Uh, teach a college course on a college and got endorsements and sponsors and they promising a bag at a doorstep for the promo. It's like a big old Rihanna forehead is a logo, but so goes the saga. If she can make more than a mama while walking in them clunky Balenciagas, who am I to judge it? Uh, these rappers tricking to the yada budget just to get attention when they yacht in public. This what it come with, how you love it, or how you love anyone in particular when they come in their hunters. We was raised to be the hunters and provide us for our mothers if our fathers didn't love us. Our sisters who get the brunt of it, run through bitches just for the fun of it, uh, yeah, at one point you had enough of it, settle down, you know the husband bit, ah, yeah, this the culture I was accustomed with, we tried adjusting but we couldn't get the cuffs to fit, and she be quick to fist the cuffs when we discussing it, keep it a stack with your brick by brick, we'll build the trust again. Son had a son. And, and your daughter, daughter had a daughter. 